Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. anybody in your life that's just lucky? Do you know anybody that's lucky? That's right. Okay, there's two or three of us that just, uh, come on, anybody know any lucky people? They say, yeah, I know somebody that's lucky. That's right. I want you to know that to the luckiest person that I know is my stepfather. He's the luckiest person I've ever been around in my life. I mean, I can remember he and my mom married when I was like 13 and I can remember uh, him, you know, getting, being new to the family. And, and my family was all hunters. We lived in the country, you know. And so I can remember being like 13 and we'd all go hunting with my uncles. And, and as we went hunting, you know, we'd come out of the woods and no one had seen anything except my stepfather. He said, oh, yeah, I got two laying right over there. We got to go get them. I'm like, are you kidding me? How, no one, how in the world could you do that? And then like, you know, now uh, we play golf together. And, and, you know, I just sort of get frustrated playing golf with him because he'll hit the ball, it seems like, 100 yards into the woods. And you'll hear him hit five trees, bow, 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 and the ball lands on the green. <laughs> I mean, it's how, it's, I mean, everywhere he, it's just, it's been that way his whole life. I can, every time around, I'm like, man, how do you do that? You know, what's going on? Well, I want to tell you something. We, I, you know, that's not who I am. And many of us sit in this room and say, well, we don't have that kind of luck. Well, there's a kind of luck I want to tell you about today that you can have and that you can choose to have it. And this luck is called who luck. Okay. Would you say that with me, everybody? Who luck. Let's do it again. You ready? Who luck. You know what who luck is? Who luck is who you meet. Who luck is who you're around. Who luck is who's in your life that's helped you. That's what, that's what who luck is. And, and I just want you to know that I would not be where I am in my life without who luck, without meeting people in my life that are better than me in areas that have helped me get better in my life. It's called who luck. And I want you to know that we all need some who luck. So today I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about how to pursue the right who. How to pursue the right who. Pursue the right who. Amen, everybody? The right who. Because if you get the wrong who, you're going down Whoville. <laughs> That's right. It will change the Christmas, uh, the, uh, the Grinch, right? Uh, a bunch of who's. That's what I thought about. So you want to pursue the right who. And today I want to give you some things right. Jesus is going to teach us today. Today as I share this with you, I'm so passionate because if you get what I'm talking about today, your life can change forward. You see, some of you say, I need to change, I need to change. Well, today is going to be so practical, and you're going to be able to walk out of here and do it, and if you do it immediately, your life's going to go up. So there's no excuse for anybody at SEC, no excuse for anybody to say, my life's going nowhere. No, no, no. If you hang around us, you're going to go up. Amen, everybody? We're, we're a church that takes you up. We don't take you down. We take you up. Amen, everybody? Shoot, I'm more excited about this than you are. I can tell. 
You better loosen up. Here we go. Three practical things from Jesus. Now, notice this. Here we go. Let me set it up for you. Jesus is 12 years old. He's walking. He has walked to a Passover with his family. Now, see all the people in this room, all a couple hundred people in this room, this is the way they walk together, their family. Everybody lives sort of close together, so every family just sort of walk together. All right, so in other words, you keep your eyes on my kid, I keep my eyes on your kid, that kind of thing. So we didn't worry about where our kids were, all right, because we knew they were among family and neighbors. It's good. So they go to Passover, they have Passover. Jesus' family comes back, they get back to their home, and everybody's saying, okay, uh, all right, you got your kid, you got your kid. She's like, Joseph and Mary's like, where's Jesus? Now, well, how about that? How would you like to be the parents that lost the Son of God? <laughs> They're like, where's Jesus? He's not here. And so they have to go back to Jerusalem and find him, all right? So, so Jesus got in trouble, everybody. Just want you to know that he, he did get in trouble. I guarantee you. They're like, what? Okay, so here we go. We pick up. Look where they find Jesus. It says this. After three days, <laughs> that boy got his tail tore up. You know it, don't you? I mean, he's Jesus, but you know he got, he got parents, right? He got a spanking, I guarantee you. Okay, now see, I, y'all don't read the Bible like me, but it's true. After three days, they found him in the temple court. Now look, here's what he was doing. Sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them what, everybody? Questions. Okay, three things that he did in order to pursue the right who that you and I need to do if we're going to do this, all right? If we're going to get better. He showed us at 12 years old, his wisdom was this, was that he pursued the right who. Here we go. Number one is this. It's three practical things to pursue the right who. Number one is place yourself around wise people. Amen, everybody? Your mama told you this. Don't hang around them folks. They're bad people, right? Right, you got to hang around wise people. You are the average of the five people that you hang around. So if you don't like where you are, maybe you need to take a look at the people you hang around and upgrade. Come on, somebody, right? That's right. You need an upgrade. <laughs> All right. And so look, here we go. Luke 2:46. Look what it says again. Here it is. It says, after three days, they found him in the temple court sitting among the teachers. Jesus put himself in a place around wise people. You know what was amazing to me is that Jesus was 12 years old, yet he was not intimidated by those people. In other words, he knew that they knew more than him, they had more than him, but he did not let his insecurity keep him away from getting around wise people. Let me tell you something. In my younger days, I, I was so insecure that I would not get myself around people that knew more than me or that had more than me. I was insecure, and insecurity will keep you from doing that, amen? And let me just tell you something. A lot of people who are insecure, would love, they would rather stand back and criticize someone who's, who has more, who knows more, than getting around them and learning from them, amen? amen. And so you, you see, it's real easy to try to pull someone down to your level instead of stepping up to their level. Gee, Louise, that's better than you thought it was going to be, isn't it? And so, so, so though, we cannot let our insecurity do that. Amen, everybody? And so the Bible says it this way. Again, it reiterates this in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Look what it says. It says this. Let's read it together. This is a short verse. You ready? Come on. Bad, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Amen, everybody? You believe that? You get around bad people, you're going to be a bad man and a bad woman, right? It's going to happen. 
but it, the opposite is true. The reason I shared that verse with you, because if, you, if bad company corrupts good character, then good company builds good character. You agree with that? And that's exactly what God wants to do. So you have to pursue the right who, everybody. Get a, you got to place yourself. Don't wait on them to call you. You go to them. Amen. If you keep waiting on the right people to show up in your life, they're never going to show up. You find the right people and get around them. Amen. And, and so watch this. Here we go. You see, God knew that we needed this. That's why he created the church. The church is an opportunity for you to get around some good people that are ahead of you, that are better at you than you in some areas in your life, right? There's some people in this church that's got a better marriage than you, than you so you need to get around them. There's some people that are doing better financially than you in this church. You need to get around them, amen? There's some people that are, that are doing better at parenting than you, so you need to get around them, find out, get around them. Why? Because more is caught than taught. More is caught than taught. I, I just want, just let me get around you. So I, and I know because I've been around a lot of people that's helped me to get better. See, I got to find people that are better. I got to admit, they're better than me, so I'm going to them. Amen? Understand, more is caught than taught. That's why God created the church. And let me just put this out there. He said, listen, some of you need to quit just going to church and you need to get in church. Amen? I see, going to church is just showing up occasionally and just hoping that something good happens to you. But when you get in church, you get involved in church. You get involved in the church. And when you get involved in the church, that means you get around people. And when you get around people that are better than you, instead of having to worry about being insecure, no, you're like, I'm here to learn from that person. And your life goes up. Yeah. It's changed forward, everybody. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. So we all need a little who luck, amen? And so I would say, pursue the right who. Let's say that, you ready? Pursue the right who. The right who, and you get to decide that. So on your, on your connection card, I want you to check this box right here. It says this, I will do my best to, to go to Grow Track by the end of the year. Now, why did I want you to check that box? Because if you haven't gone to Grow Track, that's how you get in church. That's your inroad to getting involved. We don't want you here 24-7, but we do want you to be here round enough to, uh, enough to get around some people that's outside of the crowd and that you can get to see them and get to know them, and then your life can go up, everybody. Amen? And listen, maybe, maybe God has you want to get in the church so that you can help somebody else's life go up. Amen, everybody? <laughs> If, you, if God's only goal was saving you and taking you to heaven, he'd have me drown you at baptism. So today, every, all those 20 people said, I got a purpose, so don't drown me today, Pastor. Although I have been offered money to hold some people down. Number two is this. Three practical things to pursue the right who. Number two is this. Is this listen to wise people. Stop listening to idiots. <laughs> It's good, grief. Some of you, your life will get better if you just like, okay, la, 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 la. Luke 2, 46 again. Look what Jesus did. Here we go. Remember, Jesus, 12 years after three days, they found him in the temple court. Look what he was doing, sitting among the teachers. And what was he doing? Listening to them. He's listening. It's amazing how Jesus did not go there and say, you know what? Little do you know that I am the son of God and I can tell you what to do. No, he didn't go in there yelling and telling. <laughs> he went there and listened. 
And you see how our world will get better, isn't it, if we quit trying to tell and yell. Amen, everybody? We so, want, we so want to get our point across. That all we do is, no, in our culture today, no, we can't get anything done because we're just yelling at everybody. You know, on social media, we're just yelling. We're just telling, telling, telling. Let me tell you something. You've got to stop all that and listen. That's what Jesus taught us to do. And that's why the Bible says in James 1 and 19, look what it says. I love this passage. It says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Look at this. Everyone should be quick to what? Listen. Be quick to what? Be quick to listen and slow to? And then you'll be slow to become what? That's right. Notice if you listen more, you'll be angry less. If you listen more, you'll be angry less. The Bible is trying to tell us to listen, listen, listen. All right. I have something I want to show you today. Underneath my bag here is two cups. I'm going to place this down here. Now... I want to show you something. I have a bottle of Coca-Cola right here. I'm going to open it. Please pray with me that it does not spew everywhere. Because <laughs> I know the jokers around here, some of them like to shake things up, all right? So let's just pray and we'll put it over here, all right? Okay, all right. Whoa, it did it. All right. Whoop, 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 whoops. <laughs> That's it. Somebody was praying, get him, get him, God. That's right. I rebuked that devil. Well, look, I want you to know something. This is my, this is going to be my input and this is going to be my outcome, all right? So what I'm going to show you is I'm going to, I'm going to put this Coca-Cola into this cup right here, all right, just like that. Now, if I take that cup and I pour into this cup, what do you think I'm going to pour into it? You, what, what, come on, what, what do you think I'm going to pour into it? You think I'm going to trick you, don't you? Somebody's like, oh, what's he doing? No, what do you think? If I pour out of this cup, and what, what, do you think I'm going to, what, what do you think is going to end up in here? Coca-Cola, you think that. Well, what if I want something else? What if I want a, a fan of orange? You know, what, what if I want grape or something? What if I want orange juice? What, what, if, what, if, what if I want Sprite? So whatever, so anyway, let's just see. Okay, well, I poured, look, you were right. You were right. Look, you were, look at, you're so smart. <laughs> wow, I'm just geniuses in this room. You understood it. You understood that, that my input would equal my outcome. Did you? My input, whatever I put in is going to, what's going to be, come out. My input equals my outcome. You got that, everybody? Yeah. Then why don't we understand that in life? You see, if we're going to get better in life, instead of focusing on my outcome, saying, well, you know, I really want orange juice. I really want an orange juice. I really want orange. I'm so unhappy because I don't have orange juice. I'm so unhappy because I don't have grape drink. Well, listen, if I don't put grape in, I sure can't expect grape out. Amen? We are all so focused on the outcome, on the outcome, right? We say, well, my marriage is no good. Well, let me tell you something. Focus on the input. You see, you cannot be a positive person, a joyful person, if you're putting in CNN, Fox News, talk radio all day long. If you put that in, you're going to get it out. Amen? There is, there is no way, there is no way that you can have a spirit, spiritual, joyful life if the only Bible you read is on the screen when you come to church. 
See, see, there's no way that you can have the joy of the Lord and you can be happy about your life if the only input you put is, is you scrolling on social media and comparing everybody else's be best day to your worst day. You will never, ever be happy. And if you want to be happy, quit focusing on the outcome and focus on the input. And what you put in will come out, everybody. Amen. What are you putting in? What are you putting in? Everybody's like, well, I want this. I want this. Well, if you don't put it in, you're not going to get it out. Amen. Good grief. That's good. I ain't going to church. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not one of those church going types. Well, guess what? You're not going to have a very successful spiritual life. What you put in, you're going to get out, everybody. You're going to get out. So don't focus on the outcome, what you don't have. Just start focusing on what you can put in. That's one you would want to teach your children. So I have an, another next step for you on your connection card. I will do my best to focus on my input more than my outcome. Amen, everybody? Okay. Number three. The third thing is this, the practical thing, to pursue the right who is ask people questions. Ask them questions. Look what Jesus did. Again, going back to Luke 2.46, it says this. Three days they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and what, everybody? Ask them questions. That's what you do. When you get around the right who, you don't talk about you. Ask them about the, how did you get to where you are? What, what did you do in your marriage to get there? What did you do as a parent to get there? What did you do in your career to get there? What did you do? Don't try to make them think that you're somebody great because, listen, you got to say, you know, that's part of humility. Humbling yourself and saying, I want to know what you know. Friend, it's amazing. Jesus did that. To look what the Bible says in Proverbs 18 and 2, this passage right here. Here we go. It says, a fool finds pleasure and under, uh, a fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in what? Airing his own. And what do you, you know what he's saying? If you're always doing the talking, you're never learning. We're so interested in trying to make people like us, and we're so interested in making people think that we know something, that we're smart. Let me tell you something. The Bible even says this, and Proverbs says, the less you talk, the smarter you look. <laughs> Someone's like, well, I thought they were real smart until they opened up their mouth. Let's move on. What are we talking about, everybody? Pursue the right. Pursue the right. Pursue the right. Pursue the right who. The right who is God, of course. So I want to give you three spiritual practices to pursue God. Because remember what we said, if we want the outcome, we got to have the input, everybody. The right input equals the right outcome. It's amazing how many people are putting stuff in and expecting something else out. It just amazes me. So there's three things I want to share with you, but I want to read you a scripture. So now we go to the Garden of Gethsemane. 
This is where Jesus was praying. And this is right before he was arrested, right before he'd go to the cross, and right before he would, he would die on the cross and, and be resurrected. This is right before this. So what did Jesus do to connect with God? Look what it says here. Jesus went out, as usual, to the Mount of Olives, and, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. See the input? He said, you're going to pray. You've got to put it in so that you won't fall to temptation. Oh, man. I could just... He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down to, and prayed, Father, if, it is your, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Notice this last part. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. I want to share three things with you from that passage that's going to help you. Number one is this, is that the Bible says Jesus went out to the place as usual. Find a place to be with God. Find a place to be with God. Some pay, someone says, well, I pray in my car. That's great if your car is parked. If your car is, that's it. I'm serious. Like, hey, let your car be your place, but park your car. In other words, get in and talk to God before you leave to go anywhere or after you get there. Stop and give yourself some time to be alone with God. You cannot focus while you are driving, especially in the Atlanta area. Because I pray when I drive too. And listen, not only do I pray when I drive, other people pray when I drive. <laughs> right? Find your place. Listen. When you find that place, it's amazing how that you will connect with God quicker as soon as you get that, it becomes your place. In my, in my life, I've always had a place early in the morning. It's usually been in my house. There's been a chair that somewhere I would get in my house and kneel down in front of it. And Rhonda and I just moved into a really small house and, uh, and I just got a little bitty cubby hole, like a little place to put a chair in a, in a little room that we have. And, and so it's like got hardwood floors and it's not big enough to put a little rug in. And so I, I get and I kneel down in that chair and, and it's hardwood floors. It hurts my knees. And I come back, I told our staff, I said, you know what? I found my new place to pray. I said, but it hurts my knees. The next thing I knew showed up at my house was Amazon. Because Emma, Emma, uh, our first, our connections uh, pastor, she, she actually got me a set of knee pads and said, keep praying, pastor. <laughs> keep praying. She said, keep praying. Don't you stop praying. She got me some knee pads. It showed up. And I want you to know, every day I fold those things out and kneel on them. That's right. Because I connect with God at that place. You need to find your place. Amen? Find your place. The second thing I would tell you is this, is that if you're going to have the, the connection with God is listen for what God is saying. Listen for what God is saying. Jesus said, remember what he said in that passage? He said, he said, Lord, Father, not my will, but your will be done. He was listening for the voice of God. And apparently he heard the voice of God was for him to endure the cross. Amen. He was to endure the cross. That's why Psalms 46.1 says this. I love this. Or 46.10 says this. Look what it says. Let's read it together. It's so, small, so short. Let's read it. You ready? Come on. Be still and know that I am God. You're never going to know he's God until you get still. You got to get still. That means you got to lay your phone down, get it out of the room. Take your little Apple watch off and be still. And listen, God wants to talk to you. And he's been trying to talk to you, but you've just been too busy. The third thing is this. The third thing I would say is this, is ask God for what you need. 
Jesus was praying in the garden and he was saying, Father, if it's, if it's Lord, if I'll do whatever you want me to do. Lord, take this from me. I don't want to go through this process. It's going to be painful. I don't want to do it. But not my will, but your will be done. And so Jesus was asking God for what he needed. And it was God's will that he would go to the cross. And sometimes the things in your life is God's will that you go through them. So what he needed was God's strength. Amen. And so the Bible says that God sent an angel there to strengthen him. Sometimes that's what you need is strength to go through what you're going through, amen? Some, you, can't, you can't get better until you go through it. You've got you to gotta go through it to grow. And so therefore, it's God's strength. What I'm trying to tell you is ask God for what you need. In James, it says this, James 4, 2. I love this passage because it's so true. Look what it says. Here we go. He says, you desire, but you do not have. So you what? You kill. That's right. You, you will kill people with your tongue or whatever. You'll just lash people. He goes on. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. Now look at this last part. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. You do not have because you do not ask God. There's some things that are never going to come your way until you start praying for it. Amen, everybody. Some things are not going to come your way until you begin to ask God for it. You see, some of you are trying to figure out how to pay for something. And God says, if you just pray for it, you might get it. Amen. You pray for it. You say, well, you're crazy, pastor. No, 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 no. Let me tell you something. You know, uh, we had a computer here that had a demon in it. You ever have one of those? Yes, it seemed like, I mean, like we had, a, we, we sent it back to Apple and everything. And I don't know if you noticed for like the last year or so, it would crash. You, you didn't know this, but we were all freaking out on the stage here. The singers, their, their words that they had on the back screen would go away. I mean, it just, it crashed. And we sent it back to Apple. We'd done, we'd done everything that we could do to get this computer fixed. And we, we stripped it down, did everything that you could do to it. And then, then we did the last thing. We thought, okay, this is it. And it crashed again. And Joey Oliver, the guy that's over our media, he said, he, he said you know, it just broke his, he's like, we're all like, what else we do? Take a sledgehammer to it. That's what I say, kill it. He said, you know what I did? He said, after that, he said, I just went home. I said, God, we've done everything we can do. We've researched everything we can research. Lord, help us with this computer. Within 10 minutes, the answer was revealed to him exactly what would happen to that. And matter of fact, he, after he got the answer and fixed our computer, we not had another problem with it and let the company know how to fix their problem. <laughs> God can do it. Amen, everybody. I had a friend of mine, friend of mine, I called him this week just to check him. How you doing? His name's Tim. Hey, Tim said, I said, how you doing? He said, Jeff, I'm doing good. I said, I just got to tell you something. I said, tell me, Tim. Tim said, Jeff, you know what? I said, me and my wife, we're, we're trying to get out of debt. We feel like God wants us out of debt. And, and said, you know, I, I need a vehicle. My, my truck keeps breaking down. And said, you know, one of my friends come that, uh, was coming to see me. And, and, and we was going to meet some, wanted to meet somewhere. He said, I can't meet you there because my truck broke down. He said, my friend said, listen, I'm tired of you saying your truck's breaking down. What kind of truck do you want? He told him, he said, you know what? He said, oh man, he said, I, I'm good. He said, no, 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 I'm going to pray for you a truck. And he said, tell me what kind of truck you want. He said, well, if you really want to know, I want a Toyota. I want a four-wheel drive. This is what I like to have. And he just laughed about it. That guy said, well, I'm going to pray for you a truck. And that guy began to pray for him a truck. And I want you to know that one week, week later, someone called him up and said, friend, I want you to know that, that God has put you on my mind and God says you need a truck. 
what kind of truck would you need? He said, well, he'd already told his friend what kind of truck he needed. He thought it was a joke. He said, well, I want a Toyota. I want a four-wheel drive. That's what I want. And I want you to know, within three days, he said he received a check in the mail to go buy this truck that you see a picture of right here on the screen right there. That's his truck. That's his truck. What I'm trying to tell you is that God can do anything. See, see, you need to ask him to do it. You say, well, I've asked one time before. Keep asking, amen. Don't give up. This week, I sat down with a veteran who served five tours, five tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. And in 2009, he told me he was in the firefight of his life. And he said, I only th- the only reason I'm sitting here, and again, he was very emotional sharing this with me. The only reason I'm sitting here is because I prayed and asked God to save me. He said, the person beside me got shot. And, and he said, we had to take care of them. And, and it was just crazy all around me, crazy. He said, the only reason I'm sitting here today is because I prayed and said, God, get me through this. And God, take care of me. God, I'm leaving you for it. And, and he said, I'm sitting here today because God got me through all of that. When I, when I hung me with being bombed. He said that the IEDs would go off all around us. And it, it was amazing how mine didn't explode. He said, it was God that was with me. It was God there. And what I'm trying to tell you, my friend, I don't know what your need is today. Maybe it may seem small like a computer. Or maybe it's a financial need. Or maybe it's, it's like that you feel like you're at war right now. And you need the Holy Spirit of God to come in and move in your life. I'm telling you, ask God. Don't give up on God. You call out to God. You cry to God and God will move. Amen, everybody. It's, what, it's not what you can do. And 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 it's not what I can do. But it's what He can do. Amen, everybody. I can't heal your family, but God can. I can't heal your marriage, but God can. I can't heal your finances, but God can. I can't heal this nation, but God can. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's God. It's God. It's God. Amen. He walks with you. He'll never leave you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, stand with me, everybody. How many, how many believe that we got a big God? How many of you believe that? Can I ask you a question? Why don't you stop? Why don't you stop asking our big God for little things? And why don't you start asking our big God for big things? Amen? Let's start right now. You ready? I'm going to pray. And then our worship team's going to come out and they're going to sing this song, Waymaker. And as they begin to sing this song, Waymaker, I'm going to ask you to begin to ask God for some big things. Big things. You need healing in your body. He can do it. He's a great physician, everybody. Amen. You need a financial miracle. The Bible says he owns a cattle of a thousand hills. It's all his. You need your marriage restored. He's a great counselor. You need peace. He's a prince of peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus, God, we don't ask you for little things anymore. We ask you for big things. God, I'm asking you today, 
Lord, would you do something big, mighty, oh God? Lord, would you cancel debt? God, even this facility that we owe money on, God, Lord, pay this facility off, oh God. It's big, oh God. Lord, I ask you for people's homes that you restore marriages today. God, those that the doctor said that, that you're not going to live long, oh God, that you would be reminded that you're the miracle worker and you would heal today. We believe you for it. We stand on your word, oh God, and we stand in faith. That means that we say it before we see it, oh God. We believe it before we see it, oh God. And today we believe that you are the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, amen. The light in the darkness, that's who you are. And we declare it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.